Support the Amigos podcast and keep the Amiga goodness flowing for just a dollar a month. Visit our page at patreon.com slash Amigos podcast. Amiga, the first personal computer that gives you a creative edge. Amigos, the podcast about everything Amiga. Amigos is a proud member of the Throwback Network, your home for quality retro podcasts. And now, here are your hosts, Aaron Dowdy and John Bodovkar Schaller. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today we're going to talk about our new format, which is me not saying the name of the game first. You're going to have to find out what the game is. That's not true. We're talking about Quack. I was going to say, on the name of the podcast. It's probably also on the name of the podcast. Um, also, we announced it last week. Yeah. Good good plan. So. What else you got? <laughs> this is a new format. We open up the show, boats and something stupid, then I mock him for two hours. <laughs> Sounds great. It's like <laughs> this, the opposite of the way it normally the, happens. Oh, son of a gun. <laughs> How dare you, sir? Um, so, Aaron, what's new with... Uh, Amigathon 2017. What can you tell us about it? When is it going down? It's going to be a happening boat, if I may say. I'm very excited about this particular Amigathon. Uh, it's going down Saturday, August 12th. Mm-hmm. Not June, not, not June. the 11th. August 12th, uh, uh, the year of our Lord, 2017. Uh, myself and Boat are going to uh, constitute ourselves with a vigorous adult beverage we're going to plop ourselves down on yonder couch and then for 10 straight or excuse me for 12 straight hours 12 (laughs) sir for 12 straight hours we're going to hammer out old school amiga action and serve it hot and spicy to you the viewer and listener and uh, we're gonna have special guests we'll probably have some wacky antics Mm -hmm. as we are want to do and uh, it should be loads of fun i am preparing myself every day by trying to play as much Amiga as possible to get ready. And physically, I've been doing 100 push-ups and set-ups a day. And I've jogged 10 miles. I believe it. It was all, you know, tr- I track and field was in there. I had to get yeah. the mileage well, in. Yeah. And it was I, rocky I think to do the set-ups. And it, um, you know, really, cardio is best expressed through the fingertips. <laughs> That's, That's what right. I always say. Well, <laughs> I got no comeback for that one, folks. <laughs> um, so... Amiga, the Amigathon is sponsoring uh, the Make-A-Wish Foundation in the UK, uh, and you can donate by going to justgiving.com slash fundraising slash everything Amiga. For every pound that you donate before and during the marathon, we will play one uh, minute of the game of your choice. And if you want us to play, if you don't care, if you just want to give us, you know, give make a wish money, you're not giving us any money, um, then uh, you can do that too. You can just put up some money. And it's also benefiting uh, Dreamcatcher's review a thon, which we are just past the day one mark. And He's off we, and running. When we get into the site updates, we'll talk more about that. And uh, we also, uh, p- many people have been nice to. Uh, Mention the Amigathon. We appreciate people spreading the word. Yeah, because uh, it's a good cause. You know, make a wish to do a lot of good work for, you know, these unfortunately these terminally ill children. Mm-hmm. And they go in and and uh, try to show them a good time there in the last you know the last few days they've got in some instances. And so they're a very reputable uh, charity, and uh, we're we're excited to try to raise a few bucks for them and uh, 
heck, I'm excited just to sit down and knock out some games. Like I said, it's been a long time since I sat around for 12 hours and 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 played games that really did anything. Yeah. So <laughs> just the fact that I'll get 12 hours of plopping around is not too bad. You know, I've never once in my life played video games for – I don't even think I could say I've played for, I don't know, six hours consecutively. Oh, man. I have. I would not – you know, yeah, I, I am. EverQuest, City of Heroes. Uh, boy, there's been some certain adventure games that I would get into. You know, I'm not, that's not usually my bag, but there were a couple that I really dug that I would sit and play them and play them and play them. Um, or if I get obsessed with something, but not 12. There's no way. Six, seven, yeah, but mm-hmm. 12, whew, that's going to be something. But we're going to get, we're going to get to mix it up. We have a lot of uh, special visitors mm-hmm. and some, uh, it should be fun. Yeah. And the party starts. At 10 a.m. Eastern or 2 p.m. UTC. That's when every good party starts. 10 in the morning here in the USA. <laughs> get wild. Get crazy. I like to get up out of bed, stretch, gargle, and then run to the party. <laughs> A little hair of the dog. That's right. That's right. Um, the uh, the bar will be open throughout the duration. Uh, I might be mixing up some more of my handcrafted artisanal cocktails. No, man. Man, <laughs> I'm going to be keeping an eye on you, Boat. Um, and uh, it's just going to be a lot of fun. I know that Chad's going to be by. Brent's going to be by. I uh, haven't heard from John Marshall yet, but hopefully he'll be able to come by. Hopefully, My girlfriend, Teresa, and, and the little fellow Luke will be here. Luke's very excited to play games for charity. Yeah, and uh, he's going to be he's they're going to be stopping by. So and I'm sure uh, I'm sure Eep will be out and about or down here. She'll Beauty. be somewhere. So you never uh, know. You never you know. really never know. I'm working on a couple of people myself just to get them to try to get them in here. So we'll see what we can do. Yeah, you got to get hose over here. Hose the hose. Yeah. I might be able to get the hose. Wilcox. Over here. I would love to get him down here. You know, uh, and uh, a few others, Matt. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see what we can do. But uh, it'll be fun. And uh, me and Boat are going to. Knock it out, man. It should be a good time. It's going to be awesome. Um, so let's get an update on Amigos Studios East. Oh. There's been more progress since last week. Yes, uh, we actually are getting somewhere, finally. Um, and Boat helped out, and we really appreciate that. But uh, we finally got the, uh, what was it, Saturday we did that, Boat? We got the stairs installed, which was much needed, uh, staircase. So now we don't have to crawl into the building like a bum. And uh, we've got that taken care of. We've got the last game put in. We've got all the games lined up. And really, all we're waiting on now is uh, the uh, the outlets. The last We've got four outlets to install. We've got all the parts. Have I've you tra- got the holes? You didn't drill the holes. We haven't yet, drilled no. the holes. Well, we were actually going to put some outlets in yesterday, and I could not find my saw. So, yeah, uh, thank you. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, and I liked your little montage you put up on Facebook. Did you like that? That was awesome. How did you do that, man? Facebook created that automatically. Oh, really? Yeah, that was good. Yeah. I enjoyed that. Um, we also hung the TV uh, yesterday. Or yesterday, that's what we did. And uh, and it wor- everything's working out okay with that. And also, I managed to uh, use this gimmick that I've had sitting. In, in fact, Matt bought me these, uh, uh, these uh, uh, run network signals through your elect- electrical wiring gimmicks. Mm-hmm. And I always thought to myself, this is crap. I'm never going to use this thing. I just kind of threw it in a bag. And then I, it occurred to me that I, the running of the network to the building, while the, the line is there, I've got to run it from my, where my router is to the box, and it's going to be really tough. You know, it's it's a it's not in a good place to get cape, run cable. 
And so I thought, what can I do at least temporarily to see if we can get this working? So I plugged those suckers in, went out, plugged one in the building. Sure enough, man, it worked great. It That's worked awesome. Great. I couldn't believe how well they were. Yeah, and I mean, it's been years since you received that from yeah. that. Uh, it was, I ran you know, Netflix out there with mm-hmm. no trouble. and uh, So I figured, at least for temporary, we'll, we'll just hook a wire. We'll get some kind of wireless gimmick out there, and we'll... And we'll use that, you know, for a little while until I can figure out how I'm going to run this other mess. I mean, it won't be forever, but but the TV's up, and uh, uh, I've got my little console thing up, and we just got so we've got some extra chairs in there, and I'm I've got a little fold-out table in there for us, and so we're we should be good to go. So all we need to do is and decorating, which we haven't really gotten into that yet. So as soon as we get if the you have any ideas, in, listeners out there, for, that's true. Um, the the walls. Explain about the walls of the walls of this place are literally like made of metal. They're like metal sheets of metal, and uh, they're magnetic. So you can use magnets right on the walls. So we thought maybe we could do something with that, uh, but you know, I mean, I could put, I could order a crap load of like ar- like arcade posters and stuff and put them up, or, or some console and Amiga posters and, and put them up. I thought about putting up one of these wall murals. You know, they're real nice, cool-looking wall murals. Mm-hmm. But uh, I haven't really settled on anything yet. So any uh, anyone that's got any advice for me on what a cool way to decorate would be. Yeah, if you, have, if you have something where you, you, you've been in a situation where you've had magnetic walls to stick stuff on, and if you found any cool stuff, just uh, write in at uh, amigos at amigospodcast.com. How often is what happens? Yeah, people have magnetic walls. Is well, that, is that, it, have anybody, you ever seen that? Anybody that's ever erected a building like yours. Yeah, but they, these buildings are pretty uh, uh, rare and obscure. Are they? Yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah, if you've ever had metal walls that are magnetic, I'd like to hear that too. I mean, I, I don't know. Have you ever yeah. been in a place that no, magnetic walls? No, I mean, I, your, yours is the only outbuilding I've ever been in. I don't. Well, I mean, they're not all like mine. Mine is, a, a, most of them are made of wood, mm. which mine has really not that much wood except the floor. It's very strange. It's thick wood on the floor, though. Oh, man. We learned that. Oh, man. Oh, yeah, I forgot. We also got the air conditioner installed. <laughs> we forgot about that. Now, it took forever. So, yeah, but it's coming. I'd say, man, we should, we could be actually doing a show there by the end of the month. We, Wouldn't that be luck. incredible? Yeah. So, it's coming. Yeah, yeah. Um, Let's go ahead and move over to the news. Let, let's get right out of just right out of the shoot. Okay. The big story of the week. Do you know what the big story of the week is? I Mo? do. Do you want me to tell you or do you want to say it? Well, the big story of the week, and I'll just go over here. <clears throat> First of all, remember the story I read last week where there was a there was a the world on the street was that the uh, vampire project had bit the dust. Well, eh, that's the second time that's been a bullcrap story because <laughs> they have not bit the dust. Uh, the Apollo team, which is the guys that make the vampire, uh, have. Um, release new information for what they've got coming up and it's going to be their their new things vampire v4 version 4 uh and it's going to have uh you know it's an upgrade from obviously the vampires that they that they've already had out there uh the uh it's going to have the fpga in it it's going to fit all the classic amigas uh, and uh, the 500, the 1000, 1200, 2000. It'll also work in the 600 with a special adapter. And uh, it's going to have 512 meg of memory. And it's going to have a Cyclone VA5 SOC built on a 28 nanometer process. Ooh, I'm excited about that. And I don't know about I me, mean, it sounds good. I don't know what that is exactly. But, uh, and, we, and there are other things, you know, the HDMI, it's stuff that it always had. But the big thing, the big wacky news, and I want to get into a discussion with you on this, is they've announced <clears throat> that they're going to build a vampire standalone unit. Mm-hmm. A standalone unit. Let me say that again. This will be a, 
Um, well, what will it be? What do you think it is? Is it going to be, is this a new Amiga, a new classic Amiga, or is it something else? I'll be interested to see how they differentiate this from the Mist FPGA, because this seems exactly like what that is. So I, I don't know. And it's been out, that one's been out for quite a while. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't, think, doesn't Flack have one of those? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> you're right. Uh, there have been a couple, uh, that might be the only one that's been on FPGA. There's been another, uh, group that are emulation or like they're running like a like sort of a raspberry pi s sort of board that are that are sort of standalone amiga units but they're not really really i yeah. hadn't heard about them i think the ones like remember the ones that had their they were basically like an amiga drive oh that was based on an arm chip like right. based on it's an android on, yeah but i mean it's, it's not android it's based. not running fpga no point. no they, and that what's different is that the fpga as you know for people that go insane about this stuff is that it's the the emulation the hardware is being emulated rather than the software. Right, right, right. So, and I mean, and that's a whole other argument. So, all that aside, uh, assuming this, I mean, you're right. I hadn't I thought about the mist, but yeah, this is very similar. And, and, and you know, to program, I mean, of course, this is going to have its own special what? You know, what will differentiate this? It'll have its own special hardware. I, you know, I don't know. Is it a new Amiga? Is this, I guess that's where I was going with this. <clears throat> I mean, uh, we know about the various new OS Amigas, you know, the not classic Amigas. This one is is going to be built from the ground up to be a modern spin on the classic Amiga, right? Well, I don't know. I mean, <clears throat> question one, will it have a, a disk drive? Will it have, you know... Will it need one? Need is kind of a funny word. Well, I mean, <laughs> you're right. But, I mean, maybe they'll have a model that will. Will it? Will, is there going to be an interface? But, I mean, really... In in 2017, if you're someone that wants to play a like, how often do I use my floppy drive? I never okay, use it. Back up. In 2017, <clears throat> do you need any kind of a special standalone device to play Amiga games? Well, if you don't want to emulate them, you do. Right. Well, That's the difference, right? I mean, really, that it does. It, in some ways, it comes down to. I mean, first of all, I'm not lobbying for either one. I mean, honestly, I don't have a. I don't know where I'm uh, set yet to be complete. So this maybe this discussion will help me get there. And you're right. In 2017, you can play Amiga on a number of ways. However, uh, I think we could both agree. And well, I can't say this from personal use, but just from hearsay and what I've heard, the FPGA will play your Amiga classic Amiga software more like an, an actual Amiga than an emulator world, right? It's, yeah, but it's still not the same thing. It's you're still right. emulation. So, well, that's the question, right? So you. Would you rather have if I had here at the table I've got an Amiga twelve hundred with the with the Vampire four in it, or I've got their standalone unit that will probably have slightly better specs that's built from the ground of this, which one would you pick? Well to me, I don't really think that either one is necessary. Because why do I like to play the Amiga? Well, I like to play the old games. The old games don't really see much benefit from the vampire card. You know, you can get if you you know if you put enough RAM in your in your twelve hundred, it'll play every single game that was released for the twelve hundred at this it in a way that it was intended. It'll now, play mo- almost all, and there will be probably a handful. There of probably more. are, but as far as the games that I you know am interested in playing, so for me it comes down to you know do you like having 
classic pieces of hardware that you can look at as you're playing these games. Like I was playing the 1200XL at my Atari earlier this week, and I loved it because I loved turning on the Switch. I loved seeing the little LED light up. I liked having it in front of me and looking at it as I was playing the game. I watched you play Blue Max. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. I, was, I love that game. Yeah. It was very good, by the way. You, you had a good game going there. Uh, um, the uh, You know, it's funny that when you get to the city, just as a sidebar, uh, I never exactly knew how to get to that city. I've gotten there before, mm-hmm. and I, I couldn't figure out why I wouldn't get in there every time. Mm-hmm. It's a, so it's that was a funny a thing. But, yeah, you're right. There's a, there's a uh, uh, tactile pleasure, mm-hmm. right, from booting up your old Amiga. That's not, or, or Atari, in this case. Uh, that much said, and, and and this is an argument for the standalone. First of all, there's I don't think anyone's arguing against it. I know no. you're not. It, it is what it is. Yeah. But the in its favor... Um, we have, and I'll be the first to stand up and, and raise my hand, we've got a, uh, a, a a platform that is, you know, very old, you know. Uh, and while in some instances there are uh, repairs that can be made or uh, even swaps that you can make, board swaps, we're not, we, we can't all do it. And sometimes it's not even cost-effective to, to bother. And to a certain group of people... Uh, all the uh, advancements aside, just having the ability to buy something that will run classic software just as you remember it, just as it should, uh, and is n- built from new quality you know, hardware is a plus. Now, I haven't read any sort of pricing on this, on any of this stuff, uh, and I'm sure it's not going to be cheap. Mm-hmm. you know. So then you get into that world. Well... A standalone Amiga that costs, let's just say, and this is, I mean, this is unofficial by any, I have no, no knowledge. But if you're paying six, seven hundred bucks, let's say, for a standalone Amiga unit uh, that is an FPGA, um, is it, you must have, I mean, you, it's going to be aimed at a specific type of person, I guess is what I'm saying. There are some games that are going to benefit from the speed bump, and I'm talking stuff like, Elite Frontiers, or you know, certain games like that, the Amiga struggled with, and as you know, and you can use them with the expanded stuff, you know. But I'm kind of like you, and this is sort of where I came to when the original Vampire, because I was really excited for it. There's a part of me that is an old PC guy, right? Not in a bad way, but in, when I was younger, the PC, your goal was to keep upgrading this sucker, you know, every year. New processor, new motherboard, new RAM, new processor, new, new video card when it started. that went down. And it's just what we did. And I had my buddies that all had their computers. And we all tried to at least keep up, if not pass each other. You know, so there's a part of me in the back of my head, probably a lot of people, mostly probably men, who just want to win the race. I want to have the fastest, best. It's not that it's bad. It's not wrong. But there's part of people that just want that. They, I want, if I can get... You know, if I can run Doom or Quake on my Amiga, I want to do it. And that's, and that's, a, but for, I'm kind of like you, though. You know, I play all the old stuff, and it occurred to me that I just didn't need, I just didn't, the extra power would be pointless to me. I just, I mean, I can't think of a reason what I, what I would do with that stuff. Uh, so, all that aside, it's a very interesting development, and I'm anxious to see where it goes uh, uh, in the future. And and part of me is very happy that they're that the Apollo team is up and running, and they've got plans because we talked about this before, and and this might be something that maybe goes at go, goes in line with what we talked about before with the newer modern Amigas. Something's got to take the mantle if they're going to try to get any traction in this in the, in the Amiga world. You know, if we're going to try to come up with some kind of new system, and uh, um, 
you know, maybe this is another avenue. You know, the old, maybe you get the best of both worlds this way. Yeah, and I can see if you are maybe in the homebrew scene and you want to write for the Amiga, but you want to write for a faster Amiga, maybe this would appeal to you. But at the same time, you'd be limiting your audience to people that only, you know, only, your audience would essentially only be vampire customers. Yeah, so. well, <laughs> mm-hmm. you're right. I mean, it's, it's, it's wacky, it's for sure. Um, but we'll keep an eye on it. I'm sure. I mean, this was huge news. I saw it everywhere. Yeah. And uh, um, we'll see what happens when it develops. You know. To me, you know, somebody will have a hit on their hands when they come out with what is basically the equivalent of what Nintendo is doing with their classic machines, where they look and they look at the, the aftermarket prices of these of these things. They say, okay, you know, if you buy an NES on eBay, you'll pay anywhere from 25 to 50 bucks, and then, you know, four or five bucks a game. Well, what if we could sell you a new version of the cartridge that has, or a new version of the system that has HDMI out? It comes with all of these classic games built in that you love anyway, and it comes well under the price of just buying the console. You know, if Amiga could do that, if there could be some sort of effort to put out what looks like an Amiga 500 with a bunch of built-in games in it that has HDMI out for under 100 bucks, oh, I'd be all over that. I don't think I'd be down with that. Personally, you've bought every single one of those stupid plug and play systems. The Genesis one that was crap. You've bought. Um, oh, actually, I, I think that's the only one I ever bought. No, you have other ones. You've I got, have other ones, but I didn't buy them. They were gifted to me because no one wanted them. Okay. The plug and play devices. I mean, I'm not saying it's. I, you're missing my point here. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I mean, there was a plug and play Commodore system. Right. And uh, I heard it wasn't very good. It was, you know, it was, I think it was ran on the NES sort of chip, mm-hmm. emulate the yeah. CC support, but. It did. You were able to actually solder like. No, a, that was the Atari. You no, use. no, this was also the Commodore one. Oh, really? Yeah. I, see, though, I remember they made a, they made a Commodore-based game. I think it was uh, uh, I can't. I think it was a monster truck game that ran on Commodore on a chip hardware. That uh, L, uh, what's her name was uh, uh, the real smart girl engineer. I can't think of her name. Jerry Jerry. Uh, I can't remember her last name, but. Uh, uh, she made this thing, and you and it was running. It was a Commodore that was running this game that you could modify, but I didn't think you could actually modify the, the uh, No, the you other could one. open up the other one, too. Why would you want to do that if it was for NES on a chip? You're asking a question that, I mean, <laughs> I why, why are we here? You I know? Don't know. <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, we'll keep an eye on it. We'll see what happens. An Amiga... But I want to know why, play, why you're not know. down with that. Why would you Why would you? I mean, I'm personally... Well, I mean, if they did it right, I would be I would be okay with it. I mean, I don't have a problem with it, you know. Uh, the uh, I, boy, I hope they wouldn't. I wish I hope they don't sell it like Nintendo does, with the, and this causing all this mayhem with. Oh well, yeah, their stuff. I mean that's that's ridiculous. But uh, uh, it's a little bit different than a computer. You know, you could have a, have a keyboard and stuff. Or, well, no, that's what I'm talking about. It, it's, it would be an Amiga 500. I, I don't. I, you think it'd be a market for something like that? Probably in Europe. Oh, I, I have. I have no idea. I'm just saying. Wouldn't it be cool if something like that would be what would make me excited? Is if you have to come in with the form factor and you have to come in with the price point. I think you'd be better off doing that with a CD32. That Nobody way, would buy that. Well, no, you're missing my point. They, first of all, CD32 can play all the Amiga stuff, but it's already converted to only game pads. Yeah, but it's crap. And nobody, it's not crap. It's the exact same it. stuff. 
It's it's just on a CD. <laughs> yeah, and it's a form factor that has no nostalgic no, 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 appeal no, no, whatsoever. No, I'm not saying build it as a C32. No, 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 no. But I'm saying you could use the C32. Well, sure. I I'm mean, talking, you can put I'm whatever. Thinking, Nobody's, you know, when they build this new fictional system, they're not going to be putting the innards of an actual Amiga 500. Well, I know, in. I know. I'll, st- you know, maybe. I mean, it, you know, it, I don't know. I don't know. It's funny. I never really thought about that, to be honest with you. But having a plug and play Amiga, I think having, I think it's a cool idea for a lot of different computer systems. Could you imagine? I know there's been countless attempts to resurrect the ZX Spectrum, and the one of the latest ones, not the Vega, but the one I think it's called like the X1 or something like that. Mm-hmm. It actually looks like a Spectrum. It's got the keyboard and everything, and it's it's got HDMI out. It's got games built in. It's really cool, but it's still a little bit too expensive. But it's just really hard to bring it down when they know they're not going to be shipping. You know. Nintendo quantities of units. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one thing Nintendo's got going for it. It can always sell those units. So, anyway, that was the big news of the week. But there was plenty of other news. We should probably keep, keep on trucking here. So, um, and this was sent over to me uh, from a fellow on my on my Google Plus named Seb. Uh, they have, and this is, again, this sort of falls in line with what we were just talking about. Uh, they have uh, ported over Command & Conquer Red Alert to... Uh, Run on Amiga. Remember Red Alert? I, I remember it. I never played it. I did, believe it or not. And uh, Were you a fan? Uh, yeah, at the time I was. I was okay. It's funny. It's not really my game. But, uh, I, you know, we, I this had a is like of a, uh, it. It's like a uh, real-time strategy game, right? Like yeah, yeah. StarCraft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and now this one, not to get everybody's hopes up, if you want to go play this, for one thing, you, re- you require, you have to get software from your original Red Alert discs, you mm. know, and copy it over to your Amiga. And also, they say, don't even try this on a stock Amiga. You're going to need something with like an 040 or higher to, to, to play it. Mm. But still, kind of neat. You know, again, it's a bummer that you can't play it on, a, on just a proper on a proper Amiga, but that's the way it goes. Um, <clears throat> so, oops, sorry. It's running at a very high resolution. Um, I, I've never seen an Amiga game that has that level of detail. I wonder if that's a function of the... Uh, of a different coprocessor, or, or what allows the Amiga to have that 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 kind of resolution? I mean, that's like VGA graphics. It looks good. Yeah, I don't know. Um, this week, a new Ami- Amy kit came out, uh, and it's got Linux support. So, if you're in a Linux, I have not tried this. I don't run Amy kit anymore. Uh, I usually, well, like I said, I usually either use a real thing or use WinUAE. But uh, uh, Amy kit's nice. I, we've always liked it. We I've used it in the past. Um, <laughs> Seb also sent me over. I love this guy. He's setting me up, right? Uh, did you see this video he sent over for Monkey Island? The uh, the band covering the Monkey Island I bar guy. I found it to are. be very. Play a little bit of that. A little sample. Pretty good, eh? Yeah, I love these videos. People are so talented. I wish I was one of them. You know, have you heard of this? I know, I think we may have talked about this before. Have you heard about this site called uh, AmigaLove.com? Um, I've heard of them a little bit. I don't know if it's, I don't know what their format is or if they've just got people writing blogs. I don't know what the scoop is. I do like that, isn't it? Nice? Yeah, it's cool. Um, anyway, I just happened to come across a guy who did a real nice review of Starflight. Another game that would probably benefit from a faster process. And do you remember this? This came out on the PC. Well, it sounds real familiar. It's one of those games I always wanted to jump on, but I just never did. You know, um, 
and it looked good. Uh, but anyway, it did, I looked over the review and the guy did a real good job, and got a lot of good screenshots in there. And, and he was a he, he does he was pretty in depth. I uh, just saw it pop up when I was messing around on Reddit. I was is like, it kind of like know. Star Control? Is it looks like I, it's I've not deeper played than it, Star so Control? So you're asking yeah. the wrong guy. But I've, it's one of those games. It's one of the many games I've heard of, and I always thought, man, I need to check this out. And I never got around to it, you know. Right. Um, and lastly, the last thing I've got is, uh, and this hot off the presses, Amigo Jason just popped up with a uh, 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 tip that right now on, uh, right now on Bundle Stars, you can get Little Devil. A game which I did an Amigos play on, and also uh, used as the basis of my uh, uh, Amiga CD32 repair. To uh, but you can anyway, you can get this game right now on Steam for the low low price of ninety nine cents. Wow, what a now, deal! Now ninety nine cents for this. If you don't have an Amiga and you want to give this a whirl, or you've got an Amiga and want an easier way to play it on Steam, I'd say a buck. I'd go for a buck. I think that's 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 about my ceiling for a game like this. That's but, right. Yeah. That's right. But a buck's not bad. No, you know? no. A buck's not bad at all on that. So it's, it's quite funny how the uh, this trailer actually uh, it features no real gameplay. I guess good move. <laughs> yeah. Well, because the deal is a game. Yeah. So there's there's the actual game. A hard uh, game. Yeah. And the 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 screenshots don't really feature what comprises most of the game, and those it's those uh, kind of first-person perspective maze uh, most of the it should be things. just you dying horribly yeah. in those mazes or being lost <laughs> for like 20 minutes trying to find out where you're going uh, again that remember this game was uh allegedly uh the character was came up uh with from someone in school which i believe that was de- thoroughly debunked right uh, uh but uh still it's, it was a pretty neat game uh, overall what, what what do you got man well, let's talk a little bit about what's going on over at everythingamiga.com, the home of the Amigos podcast. Yes. Uh, so the first news is that Kickstart Issue 9 has just been put to press. Just dropped. Yeah. Even I haven't get to read it yet. So um, Neil has done... This is the Atari issue. Um, he is, uh, I guess, because of the new Atari system coming out, uh, which he covers. And, uh, of course, there's, all some, there's also all the... Amiga news that you can handle, um, but there are tons of different, I don't know, you know, Amiga news from, I guess this, he's up to September, October, 1991, um, but if you scroll all the way down to page 27, not that I've memorized it. <laughs> I knew this was coming, I was waiting for it. But uh, there's a feature that I wrote about my first computer, and since this was the Atari episode, my first computer was uh, the Atari 1200XL. Now, is this the same one you have now? This is the exact the same one same. I have now. It's this durable. Is, you ever do anything to it? The, what do you mean? Like fix it, repair it? Oh, I had to repair the keyboard. I had to redraw the traces. Oh, for the circuit it's got pen. the same thing mine's got. How yeah. hard is that, by the way? It's not hard. You could do that for me? Sure. Oh, yeah, okay. bring it over. Oh, it's going to happen. I've still got my circuit pen. So. Okay, beautiful. Um, That's awesome. That's your little picture. Yeah, a little picture of me. A little boat. This is the original Thrift Mobile, my 1982 Volvo. I used to drive nice. back to the flea market every weekend. And uh, also, there's a picture here of the first computer I bought with my own money, which is a, a Macintosh Plus, which I also still have. Did you buy that at the flea market? No, I bought that on eBay. You know, it's 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 uh, it's funny because you were just mentioning that you took your your Thriftmobile to the flea market every weekend. <clears throat> I was listening to a uh, recent, I think it was a well, it was maybe a couple months ago, uh, one of the retro asylums. And I think it was Swain was talking about going to these car boot sales, and that you, it's not worth going to them anymore. Mm-hmm. And I have found very similarly that uh, when you 
go to swap meet or you know it's i guess it's not really swap meet go to like your local flea market or go around uh, and hit some garage sales man the deals it is absolutely not it has changed dramatically for classic computing and and console games and and hardware um people want top dollar they don't want flea market prices most of the time i mean every once in a while you'll get lucky but I go to I or even resale shops. I was uh, someone alerted me that the uh, resale shop in Huntington had a pinball machine, and they were looking to sell. Did you see this mm-hmm. come up? I saw that on Facebook. And it was a, a pinball machine. I would say it's maybe a C level machine. It mm-hmm. was a early '80s machine, and the and and this is a resale shop. It's like a Goodwill or something. They're wanting a fifteen hundred bucks. That's madness. Yeah, yeah. For something like that, you know, yeah, for, yeah. at a resale shop, that's insanity. eBay has changed <clears throat> the landscape for sure. And another thing, another reason why you just never see stuff at uh, yard sales anymore is, I mean, we're we're thirty years out from the machines that we care about. People have gotten rid of those machines one way or another, <clears throat> or they know what they have and they're selling it on eBay. Well, I, I have, I will say, I have matured my interests to keep up with the times. And so now I'm looking for more modern stuff, you know, now and again when I go out. Um, but uh, eBay, eBay is the, it's the bane of my existence and the love of my life. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, yeah, it has it has changed the game, and it we, and there is the genie's out of the bottle. There's no going back. The days where you could go and get a bag of Atari cartridges for a couple bucks or whatever that's all, or a, a whole system for like five bucks. Oh yeah, those are practically over. Well, it's funny because uh, you know I bought that Mac Plus. It was one of the first things that I ever bought on eBay. I bought it in 1998, which I mean eBay was brand new pretty yeah. much at that time. Uh, I got the Mac Plus. The, it came with a 20 meg hard drive, you know, external hard drive, huge, um, a bunch of software, a keyboard and the mouse for $80. Uh, over the past 20 years since I bought the machine, uh, I somehow lost the hard drive and the, uh, the, key, or the keyboard. So I went to, I was like, well, I'll just buy a new keyboard. Do you know how much I paid for the keyboard alone? Fifty dollars. <laughs> so things have gone up in price. When in you pay eight for that thing, how much was the shipping on it? That would have been brutal. It was. It was a lot. I think it was like twenty five, thirty yeah. bucks. Uh, I've shipped some uh, circuit, some circuit boards for arcade machines like Japan and stuff, and Australia. And uh, man, and that's one thing that hasn't changed. It's gone up. Is it's shipping was always expensive. Now yeah. it's like mega expensive. They, you used to be able to get away with sending computer hardware media mail. That's right. Uh, and they, oh, they've since cracked down on that. Yeah. Oh yeah. All the yeah, time, man. <laughs> but uh, but anyway, uh, check out Kickstart issue nine. Yeah, I can't wait. Live on your newsstands. I'll be now. reading that bad boy tomorrow. Nice job, man. Uh, we've also got um, Dreamcatcher. He's been. Writing, writing, writing. Uh, this is, he actually just listed day two's uh, review, so I haven't seen it yet, but this is part of Amigathon, uh, the Make a Wish uh, marathon that we're doing. Um, and today's game is Clever and Smart. Yeah, I actually which, had, a, I did nose through this article, mm-hmm. and it's, it's, a, it's a comic book or a comic magazine based game. And uh, I've never heard of it. He says it's pretty obscure. I, th- I think obviously it's European. Uh, it's uh, it looks wacky. Mm-hmm. It looks tremendously wacky. And and as usual, in in the true Dreamcatcher style, uh, 
he goes deep, deep into depth on this, like ridiculous. He, I think Dreamcatcher's skills are wasted here. He needs to come work with me at the lab. <laughs> we could use him down at the crime lab, man, because he really gets in there. And you know, it's funny. He he did a little blurb on our the game we did last week. I believe was it. What would what, what did we do last week? Oh, I can't even remember. I can't even remember. That's pretty bad. Uh, Super C was two weeks ago. It's funny. I remember Super C so vividly. <laughs> oh, it's Sleepwalker. Sleepwalker, right? You know, but he I always I marvel at how he finds this stuff. It's quite amazing. You know, I mean, he really gets in there and finds it. I I feel like I'm pretty good at looking stuff up, but man, he. Yeah, I feel like a jerk. I'm always afraid, like, Mom, if he's going to cover this, I'm going to look like a sap. <laughs> Here he comes. But he's done it again. This I, I haven't got to read all of this. I just I re- read through a lot of it. It's it's in depth to say the least. Mm-hmm. So he's done that, and then day one of the reviewathon was that Ed Wood classic, Plan oh. Nine from Outer Space, a movie near and dear to my heart. Big Ed Wood fan. It's not my favorite Ed Wood uh, movie, which would probably be I accuse my parents. Love that movie, but uh, it's a good flick. I mean, it's good in its hideousness. Mm-hmm. It's got that last uh, Bella Lugosi. And, of course, if anyone's seen the brilliant movie Ed Wood, which had Johnny Depp in it, uh, I, I, it was tre- tremendous film. I just love this. <laughs> your, your options, nice piece of straw, nice day for gathering corn. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, we've got to give that one a look. Yeah. I've always wanted to try that one. It's been on my list. Maybe Halloween's coming up. That's you know? true. Uh, but, we always play the best games for Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, this has got to be better than Elvira and Fright Night. True. Or over be. 2. <laughs> and finally, uh, Chris Folds is back at the game again. Who? Chris Full, Chris Full. Sorry, my falsetto wasn't working right. Wow, is that what that is? <laughs> um, but he's played a at Amigos plays of devious designs, and this is he's got the patience of Job because <laughs> he tries to progress past this first stage for ten or fifteen minutes before he just gives up and goes to YouTube to find the solution. <laughs> <laughs> so make sure you check that out. Chris's videos are always a lot of fun. And that's it for the site updates this week. Remember that you can always check everythingamiga.com. For the latest in uh, Amiga writing and video stuff, now, hardware now you, stuff. You played a couple things that aren't necessarily Amiga related, but you might as well talk, mention yeah. those while you're here. So if you go over to our um, our YouTube page, which is uh, Amigos Retro Gaming. You had to um, think about it. Yeah. I was wondering if he's going to look something up. <laughs> and uh, if you go over there, I will go over there and show you. Um, I put up a Amigos Plays video of, hey, look, we're live. Um of Blue Max, Keystone Capers, yes, and um, an Amigos Arcade Adventures, where I talk about triple action pinball. So uh, if you're interested in knowing the story behind my first and only pinball machine, you can check that out. And uh, Good machine. Good video, too. You did a real good job on that one, eh? Keystone Capers and Blue Max I do oh, on man. the real Atari 1200XL, so it's unemulated. I'll tell you something about those. Uh, first of all, uh, we've made it abundantly clear. And we're both big Blue Max fans. And we're also both big Atari fans. So we're actually, again, unlike, uh, uh, I, we're not at war. between. There is no war for us between Atari and Commodore. Right. We both grew up playing, you know, well, you didn't grow up playing Amiga, but we both have uh, gotten into both. Mm-hmm. And uh, I will say, you know, the one, the one itch that the Atari does for me is it bridges that gap between the early consoles and when PC sort of took over the gaming, and even before the Amiga took over, so you get these games that they would re- they'd put out like uh, Keystone Capers, which is a, a of course a lot of people are familiar with the brilliant uh, Atari Twenty Six Hundred version of that, but the Atari Twelve Hundred 
crushes it, and it, it's so good. I played it over here the first time, and I was just, like, blown away by how great it was. Keystone Cavers is just a fun game. Cops and Robbers, uh, simple, mm-hmm. simple as hell, you know, but playable. So I watched all of that, and then I watched you play Blue Max. And Blue Max, I mean, it's one of those games that's never been done right since. I mean, that was, they, it was perfect. It was just perfect the way they did it. I loved it. Loved yeah. that game. And the fact that there's no Amiga version of that it makes me sad. Well, there is an Amiga version. Well, not that not The that problem game, is yeah. it's, it's a horrible Yeah, don't be Don't be fooled like I was. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, before we move on, okay. one, you mentioned something I want to talk about. I'm going to extend this sucker because I want to talk about this. I want a discussion. We have not talked about this. Speaking of Atari, what do you think of this? And actually, this kind of falls in line with your Amiga th- idea, the Amiga in a box. Mm-hmm. What do you think about this Atari box? And what do you think it's going to be? And what do you think the the viability of it as a uh, something to catch on, make a few bucks is? Well, they haven't released a lot of information about it yet. And I think that the people that are behind it are trying to learn as much as they can from their prospective audience before they sort of finalize the details. They don't want another chameleon on there. Right, right. Um, So there have definitely been plenty of missteps to learn from when it comes from the the, the mini console or the the remade console thing. Um, I can only speak to what I would think of as the perfect version of this machine for me. Uh, the perfect version of this machine would be something that it would come with a ton of games built in. Um, you know, you could fit almost every you know first person or first party Atari release on there. And we're talking the twenty six hundred. Twenty six hundred, uh-huh. um, and you know, you can do it one of two ways. You could either say, okay, we're going to put a hundred games on this thing. You've got to have Activision games on there. You can't get away with just having Atari games. So they've got to make a deal with that Activision. Because that ship sailed. They've yeah. got plenty of those. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but then I think the way that you keep this thing going is, you know, you connect it to online. You put up online leaderboards just like Xbox Live Arcade used to do. Or and I guess Steam still does. And then you have a store and you don't charge an arm and a leg for stuff. You know, you charge, I think the iTunes model, the reason why iTunes worked was because everything was 99 cents. You know, if you charge 99 cents for a game and maybe the game that you really, really like wasn't in that top 100, but you'll shell out, you know, 99 cents is an impulse buy, you know, to get, you know, Moonlander or whatever you want to play. I'll tell you, now, we're along the same lines on some of this. My my scenario is more of a, a Atari connoisseur, if you will, uh, in terms of the console side. What this thing absolutely will have is loads and loads of 2600 games. Will they have the third-party Magic, Activision, that gang, U.S. Gold, or whatever, who was it? Used to make U.S. Class, whatever it was. It's tough. Who knows? But if you want me to get interested in, in this thing, there are three things you need to have, all right? You need to have some sort of online availability to buy, like you said, for some live leaderboards and to buy new content. Secondly... You've got to have some Atari 5200 stuff on this thing because that's the console that no one can play games for because the joysticks are, are trash and they and they're they're tough to find working. Mm-hmm. You know that they, they hook up weird. That's an untapped. I mean, they've released these flashback things a million times. Mm-hmm. Atari 2600 games, you can play them all. It's no big deal. You've got to have something new. All right, and here's what I propose. You put some Atari 5200 stuff on. That's something no one's gotten hold of. You put more Atari arcade properties on it that we haven't seen already. Mm-hmm. Okay, Atari had an endless supply of 
great arcade titles. You know, I'm talking stuff like Tubin, mm-hmm. something like that, uh, Road Blasters, stuff you don't see in every collection, right? Mm-hmm. Thirdly, and this this is more important for me, but it would be a nice boost, Jaguar. There's nothing out there. And again, another system that's tough to come by. I'm not saying every game was a classic, because clearly they're not. But you you got your Alien vs. Predators. You've got your uh, Tempest 2000s. You've got uh, uh, some other stuff on there that is unusual, and that would be a nice thing. I'm just I'm trying to think of something that they haven't done because if they just come out and say, "Here we are, we've got a, we've got the same old crap." Look, you can play Berserk from 2600. Look, you can play, you know, the arcade version of you know whatever Pong or whatever. It's been done by them to death. All right, they need to have a hook, a good hook, and they need to have released some titles that Atari. Produced that aren't readily available to everyone. Something else, stuff like Jaguar emulation is not great, and so there's a there, that means there's a there's a segment there. And now again, I I know what you're gonna say. No one cares about the Jaguar. No one cares about 5200 because they didn't sell well. No one cares. And you're right. This is more hardcore. This is great. It's like I don't even have to be here. Right. But <laughs> but uh, I'm just trying to think of what Atari could do. And you can well, yeah. you you something else I would like to see. By the way. Throw in some of your computer properties. They've got some computer games they could throw in there that were look at hey, uh, don't put on the Atari twenty six hundred version of Keystone Capers or Warlords. Let's see the more improved versions that were available on the computers or on the on the fifty on the fifty two hundred, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I, I do agree with you to a certain extent. Um I think that if they put I don't think there's anything wrong with doing twenty six hundred, fifty two hundred, seventy eight hundred. There's no way they're going to do Jaguar. There, it's 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 not practical <laughs> because you don't have the controller. You know they're going to sell this thing with the twenty six hundred controller. Did and, they say that already? Well, because the are they going to sell this thing with the Jaguar controller? Well, no, but the seventy eight hundred controller has two buttons, for example. So that that and you know that takes that out. The fifty two hundred has an analog controller. I mean, that you know. So if they're just going to ship you with the one button controller. That pretty much we at that point we know exactly what they're doing. <laughs> well, I guarantee you they're going to ship it with the one button control. That's that's what Atari is to ninety nine percent of the population. Now look at the fifty two hundred. Are there good games for the fifty two hundred? Yeah. Are there I don't know. <laughs> are there games that people are clamoring for? Well, possibly because they're better looking versions of the twenty six hundred games, but the seventy eight hundred version is better than the fifty two hundred version. So why bother well, with the fifty two hundred version? I don't, I don't know. I don't know that. I, honestly, I've, I've played most, a little fifty two hundred. I know a lot of it's computer ports. Right? Mo- yeah, most of the fifty two hundred <laughs> games are the same versions of the you know the the Atari eight. The games. reason I say that though is just they've released so many Atari flashback consoles that what is going to separate this from that? I mean, just having live scoreboards, I don't think is enough. Do you? No, I don't think having live scoreboard, but having an online marketplace and also having HDMI out. But who's gonna? But who's gonna go buy Pitfall for five bucks on this console? I mean, they've there are so many various ways that you can just go. I don't know how many. I mean, I know some of those things have featured some of the Activision properties, uh, and I mean the new. I looked at the new one. They just released the new flashback. It's got like what? It's got like a million games right. on it. So obviously the people that are making this console are aware of that, and that's why they're not 
announcing a lot of details because I think that they're still looking for that hook. You know, I think that they're 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 pretty savvy about doing it the way that they're doing it. You took it. the words out of the hook. What's the hook going to be? It's I guess time will tell. Yeah, but is it is interesting, uh, and it's an interesting experiment to see if it's viable in 2017 to put something out there. Will people pay one dollar or five dollars for? You know, Yars Revenge. I mean, you're talking some of the best Atari games. Yars Revenge is going to be on there. Or no, but I'm just as an example. It's a it's a top tier title, mm-hmm. right? So, are people going to pay that now? I mean, I, I don't know. I just don't know if they're going to. Uh, and you know, I don't know if there's a is a market there. So we'll find out. We'll it's find out. I want to talk the to you about this last one. I forgot, so I'm glad we got into it. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's go ahead and dive in to our monthly Amigos <laughs> shout out. Okay. So, Aaron, you you uh, have decided which which uh, site we're going to shout out to this month. Yeah, any retro gamer, we love them. So let's go ahead and. All right, is that it? That, oh, that's that. I mean, is that the end of the segment? No, we can go into why we love. Okay, them. well, let's do it. Um. Well, if you go to my Google Plus page, very much. Okay. <laughs> perhaps heavily, perhaps heavily we influenced. perhaps we should start by calling them the correct name. Indie Retro News. There you go. Dot com. Pardon me. The uh, um, the fellow that runs this also runs the big Amiga Facebook page. Real nice cat. And they always have great stuff on this site. It's an invaluable site to, to me uh, in, in gathering news. And I'm sure to a lot of other sites because <laughs> I see their stuff all over the place. Mm-hmm. Uh, they cover a multitude of systems, classic systems, and uh, they're always quick to get the good stuff and uh it's one that i use I, i'm i'll literally i visit it every day many many times a day <laughs> just see what's going on plus it helps me keep up with what's going on in other systems see what's what's up with the z the uh, zx spectrum you know or like uh, it's funny the spectrum's getting a lot of action here recently it's it's the damnedest thing I yeah mean, it's it's it, and c64 too mm-hmm. you know they're getting a lot of action and so it's 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 also um I find it pleasing to see this stuff roll by. I know this stuff's still getting. I, you know, it's funny. I had a, a along these lines. I had a thought. I was sitting at a stoplight yesterday, and I was thinking about this week's game. And I was like, "Man, that's a great game. I'm gonna go home and give it another shot and play it some." And it occurred to me that that uh, um, I'm looking at the Amiga in a different light now. Uh, I don't even look at it as a nostalgia. I mean, to me, it this is what gaming is right now, right this minute. This is what I'm playing. I don't know what that means, but I, I crossed into a different level of consciousness at this stoplight. Because when we started this thing, I was like, this would be a nice nostalgic look back, try some of these old games. But man, I'm I'm having as much fun playing a lot of these older games as I am. Even like stuff like Sleepwalker, which we didn't give rave reviews or anything to, but it was still it's it's a real fascinating, unique game that was very interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, this game, this week's game is like that too, and so it, it's gratifying to see that uh, more stuff's coming out for these classic systems because there's still a lot of stuff, to, a lot of uh, there's still a lot of juice to be squeezed out of the lemon, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, and so as a as part of our monthly Amigos shout out, the Amigos will be donating ten dollars to Indie Retro News, and um, in an effort to help keep them afloat. Yes. So uh, I think that won't be a problem. Not that they need our help, but <laughs> yeah. uh, but we want to support them because they are such a great such a great resource. Yes. So thank you, Indie Retro. Thank News. you, Indie Retro News. All right, Aaron, it's time. It's time to talk about Quack. Quack, not my not my doctor either. <laughs> so let's talk about Quack, baby. 
What was that? Let's talk about you and me. Quack. No, we're not going there. <laughs> Let's talk about a... all the good oh, things geez. and the bad things. There okay. goes there goes our <laughs> that just shut us off right there. Um, quack. So first of all, it's a Q W A K. Yeah, I'm frequently misspelled this. In... Yeah, yeah, no kidding. So this came out in '93. Uh, it was developed by Team Seventeen. Uh, Team Seventeen responsible for some big big uh, games on the Amiga. Uh, Alien Breed series, Worm series, Body Blows, Project X, uh, Stardust, Super Stardust, Super Frog. So they've done a few things. Mm-hmm. Uh, still around. They've been around the block. Yeah, it's great. Uh, this game also got a release on the um, on the thirty two, the CD thirty two, as a uh, as a uh, uh, it shared the disc with Alien Breed Special Edition, right? And I'll talk more about the value of that later, but apparently it's a pretty rare item. Uh, so it came on one disc. Uh, this was a budget title. I believe it got released at, I think I read it was released at like 16 pounds. Wow. Uh, so it was a, not a, not a, a, a super not a full budget, budget title, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, it, it allows two simultaneous players, which is, we'll get into that later. The, the main guy behind this, really, from what I read, and I, I, I'll get into the, an interview with this guy I found later, but the guy who really, this was his baby, was a fellow named Jamie uh, Woodhouse. Uh, he really only did a couple games on the Amiga. He did a ATR All-Terrain Racing. You remember that one? And then Nitro mm-hmm. for Psygnosis. Uh, he did the coding, and he did the majority of the graphics. Uh, the music was, of course, this guy keeps popping up. Alistair Brimble. Oh, yeah. He did a ton of the Team 17 stuff. Well, that makes sense because I love the music in yeah. this game. Yeah, and he did, of course, he also did Awesome. He did Rockstars Ate My Hamster. <laughs> he did some of the Dizzy the C- Dizzy sequels. And the other musician was a guy named Bjorn Lynn. Bjorn? Uh, Bjorn mm-hmm. Lynn. He did a uh, he did music for Alien Breed, Worms, a game called Brat, which I don't think we've ever looked at, but I, I remember playing that one uh, back in the day, and Project X. So you've got an all-star cast here now. According to what Jamie said, this was this game was sort of his baby, <clears throat> um, uh, and and so he he got it he got it produced at Team Seventeen, but they gave him a little bit of help on the graphics and the music. But I think pretty much everything else was a one-man show. So it's just your classic one-man gang type of affair uh, with a few guys coming in to help out uh, at different times. So this game got a. Uh, you know, I'd heard of this game. Uh, it was it had a good rep, but I didn't realize it had been ported quite as. And, and there's a reason why some of these ports are around. So I think this game originally came out on the uh, BBC Micro. I've looked at the BBC Micro uh, edition, and it is quite a bit different than mm-hmm. what we played. Um, it also came out on the uh, the a- Apple Macintosh, if you can believe that. Oh, wow. ten. This was a the one thing about. Uh, uh, oh, did you say OS ten? Yeah. Okay, so it was a, a recent release, right. for, for the Mac. Uh, it, I think it was two thousand six, okay. maybe. Um, D- D- Woodhouse here keeps, and he admittedly does this. He keeps remaking his game for newer stuff. Hey, uh, there's also nothing a, wrong with there's that. There's an iPhone, an iPad version, and he even released a Game Boy Advance version. Yeah, and a PC version as well. Uh, the Game Boy Advance version he sold at his website with, along with the PC version. I don't know if there. I, I I read that the Game Boy Advance version was no longer available. 
Uh, but the he may still be selling the PC version. I'm not 100% sure on that. Yeah, it's uh, interesting to look at some of these ports. Uh, <laughs> you're right. The BBC Micro version is totally different. I mean, it's... Uh, the stages are, um, you know, m- one color. You know, the the, the bodies are, are much simplified. It definitely looks like an 8-bit version of the game. The Game Boy Advance version and the PC version look pretty similar. Um, the PC's got a little bit more detail. The Game Boy Advance version, though, has some really neat backgrounds uh, to the levels. <laughs> and it uh, looks like the stages are a little bit bigger, too. So, uh, I will say, he, uh, from what I read, uh, he Jamie said that the... Uh, the Game Boy Advance version is almost a direct port of the Amiga version. Okay. Very similar. And uh, he said it, it, the Game Boy Advance screen lent itself quite well to, to this game. And, uh, and it looked, I will say, having watched I watched some footage of the Game Boy Advance version, it looked great. I mean, it looked just like the Amiga version. So it must have, and apparently it plays quite well. And apparently it's pretty popular. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I think that the, the Game Boy Advance version does that the Amiga version doesn't do is scroll. I don't think that the the Amiga version scrolls at all. I'm assuming that's to, to work with in the confines of the um, Game Boy screen. Pro- probably so. So do you want to tackle explaining this game? Sure. Well, this is a single-screen platformer. And actually, I don't think that that's true. I, I disagree with you about that. The, the Game Boy Advance has the same resolution screen as the Amiga, I think. Well, I'm, I, I think that the stages are just bigger. Well, I mean, and, he. this is from the man himself. He said it was a pretty much a direct port of the Amiga version. Okay. Take so um, that what you will. But anyway, uh, this game is a single-screen platformer. So most famous examples of this are games like Pac-Man. You know, early arcade games, Donkey Kong, where the background doesn't change, but each each round, each wave, you get a sort of new uh, structure that you explore. Um, in Quack, you are a duck, and your job is to collect fruit and various other power-ups, uh, collect keys to escape from whatever room that you're in, and um, move from level to level without coming into contact with bad guys. These bad guys um, include various uh, ghost-like objects, uh, other weird animal things um that the enemies are very they're varied and they're they're well animated uh your character itself he's your 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 duck is is not the best animated creature in existence only his feet move when (laughs) he moves but it's not a huckleberry hound type situation it's it's a little bit better than that um this is a two-player simultaneous adventure. It can be. So you and your buddy can play, again, uh, Bubble Bobble style if you want to use that as a touchstone. Uh, this game is uh, frequently uh, compared to Bubble Bobble, although the play mechanics, Aaron was right in saying, are more like Rodland uh, than Bubble Bobble um, in that you're, you're collecting various things throughout the level and you're not, you're, your job is not only just to destroy all the bad guys. It's funny, uh, like Boat said, and in, in the object of this is every screen, you collect the keys, and once you get all the keys, the door opens and you can leave. Right, simple. And I do, I will say that sort of simple gameplay in a game like this, I find appealing. And so I'm going to be that guy that says I would prefer this to a, to Bubble Bobble. I like, I, I just like the, I just like that uh, game element, and I like, and this game doesn't choke it's not super difficult it's not easy that's for Mm -hmm. sure but it's not super difficult and it doesn't um it doesn't um 
it's a nice loose and easy game to play. The control feels good, and it's 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 not manic most of the time. Mm-hmm. Now that much said, it can get manic. Uh, one thing this game does is, like Boat says, it has two players uh, simultaneous. That that adds a different element to it. I know I played this a lot with my son this week, and I knew he would love it because we both were you know, we both played the heck of a rod rodland, and uh, and, I, and this is right up his alley, uh, and so. Uh, the two-player aspect of it, it changes some things. You can screw each other over, uh, among other things. But uh, the game is cute, like Boat said. It's, it, I wouldn't say the enemies in it are as interesting as in some of these other type games. They don't move quite as in interesting ways. Does that make any sense? I mean, mm-hmm. But on the flip side, that's a sort of a game element because as you pick up various fruits and items that are in the game, you effectively are releasing... The creatures to go popping around the rest of the screen. They're they're basically trapped a lot of times until you get them. Of course, the uh, the gimmick is a lot. You have to release them to get the stuff you need. So uh, you have to basically it's there's there is strategy, quite a bit of strategy involved in how you proceed about picking stuff up. Another thing is uh, your duck throws eggs, and there are various types of eggs uh, that you can throw, but you have a limited quantity, and and once you run out, you're you're not boned, but it ain't easy. Right, because uh, you, you don't have to destroy all of the enemies <laughs> to finish the level. In fact, you the only thing you need to do in each level is pick up the keys and leave. Right. Um, the, the rest of the things that you pick up are either power-ups or things that give you uh, extra life. In a sense, you can take more hits before you die or uh, just bonus points. Or the, uh, sometimes there's a thing that gives you flight. Mm-hmm. You know, there, mm-hmm. are, there are bonus times that do certain things. Uh, you know... You could, this game can be real complicated to explain. It can be real simple. And the simple version is get all the keys and leave. I mean, really, it, it, that's boil. I mean, you could give someone the controller and say, here's, I read docs on this just to make sure I wasn't missing anything, you know. And and the, the documentation is pretty slim. You know, get get, uh, get get the keys and leave. And it and it gives you a few hints on what you're going to be up against. But I mean, it's a, but on it sounds simple. But when you look at the screen, there are uh, you know your duck doesn't fly unless he's got a special hat. So uh, often there are areas of the screen you can't get to unless you ride balloons, for example, or uh, hop on your buddy, stuff like that. The game has secret areas, which is always fun. The game has an added level of interest or playback if you go through and try to get to areas you couldn't get to before. There are iron keys. That unlock certain gates that get you stuff, but it it's real complicated or hard to get to them sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, another element of the game is that when you there often the the game uh, board has a a hole in the bottom. I mean, you know, and normally in a game you fall through the hole. What happens? You get killed. In this one, you just come out the top. Yeah, and again, this is a this is a parasol stars bubble bobble type <laughs> deal. Right, and this, but it adds an element to this because you know of getting to places you couldn't get before. Uh, it you know it's very it's very clever mm-hmm. and and you can tell uh, the uh, uh, in an interview I read with uh, Jamie he was talking about his influences for the game of course he was a big uh, according to him he was a big uh, arcade nut and he even he admits that he probably came across uh, uh, you know Bubble Bob or a few of these like or some people say this game sort of has different elements different games and but he 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 mentioned the games that he really were into at the time were like uh, Crawl. I thought that was an interesting one to pick out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gauntlet, uh, Defender, Star Wars. So really, a bunch of games that have little to nothing yeah. to do with. <laughs> uh, a game called Flicky. Oh yeah, I've Flicky's heard, uh, great. Yeah. Uh, so he mentioned that, uh, uh, and so 
but you know, he said he really didn't have any inspiration. He just basically this was a seed out of his mind, mm-hmm. and he didn't. He doesn't. He doesn't really compare it to those. I mean, he says there are certain elements that he could understand that you could compare it to, but really, you know, he thinks it's its own game. And I think I sort of agree. I mean, this could easily, if he, if he would have called up the uh, people over Tato and said, "Hey, I got one here for you," mm-hmm. this would have this could have easily, with some graphic tweaking, fit right into oh, the sure. uh, with, to the uh, Tato collection uh, when it when it came out. Uh, one thing that he does that's uh, very clever is that it drops you in different places on. Like, if you die on one on the screen, when you come back, you're not going to be in the same place. It also mixes up the exits. Like, one room might have two or three different ways out, but you don't know which one's going to be the exit until, mm-hmm. it, until it pops. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it will change the placement of stuff. So every time you play a level, it's it's different yeah, it's, to it's, a certain it, degree. It's a little bit procedurally generated, right? It, but I mean, it, that's pretty clever. It is. You, know, you it, don't get that a lot in games, you know, especially he, games like this. He did mention that that he, of course, that well, he did that to prolong the gameplay, and it, and it works. I mean, you can, it, it, it makes it pretty interesting to uh, to go back and replay, and uh, but I mean, still, the good thing is, even even though that happens, you can still sort of keep your strategy on that level. So there are eighty. 80 levels uh there are and at the end of uh, halfway through the levels you'll get a bonus stage i only got to play one of these because i never got that did you ever get to level 20 but no. i never got to level 20 but i did get to play one of the levels and uh, on the bonus levels basically you just you know, the one at least the, the first one you just collect a bunch of fruit uh and um tr- and try not to get hit by enemies and when you lose you just you're out of that bonus level um there's also every tenth level, I believe it is, you you come to an end boss or bosses. Uh, I got past the first boss, and then me and Boat actually played a, a, a partner game up and did pretty well, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they got beat the first set of bosses. They're not super tough, and this is one of those games that uh, that is. Um, this is one of those classic games to me that's uh, simple to play and get into, but you it's very it can be very addictive. It's not like last week's game where I was so frustrated I just wanted to jump out a window. Uh, this one is one of those games. It's just like an old shoe. Like right when I right when I booted it up, I'm like, oh, I see what we're doing. This and, and I knew right away. I was like, I'm gonna be okay with this mm-hmm. one because it, it you know it's they're not reinventing the wheel. Right. You know they're it's a it's a it's a it's an uh, iteration on a winning a, format, a variation on a theme, <clears throat> and 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 it works. Now, what were your high and low points, Boat? Um. I like the way that you collect. There's a lot of things to collect. One of the things that I wish that they would have included on the the play screen itself was kind of your progress towards completing the goal. For example, you know that you have to com- you have to get a certain amount of gems or certain colors of gems to get your reward, but there's no um, display of that on the game screen. You have to wait until the screen after the level to see that. So it would have been nice to be able to track your progress as you were playing. Um, again, I wish that your duck would have been a little bit better animated. It would have been nice to have a you know a jump animation that wasn't just him levitating into the air. Um, but apart from that, I really don't have a lot of complaints. Um, I think that the two-player mode is a lot of fun. Um, they give you uh, you know an incentive to not. It's called like <clears throat> a, they give you sort of a pacifist bonus if you go through a whole stage without shooting anything in two player mode. You not get an extra easy. point bonus. Yeah, <laughs> even less easy in two player mode. That's so so there's stuff that you can do there. Um, I really like you know the 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 monsters are all 
different, but they're all sort of the, they all kind of have the same thing. They're almost like they're wearing face masks, kind of a weird sort of thing. Um, but they're very cutesy, yeah, very cutesy. is It's very bubble bobble inspired. That's probably the most bubble bobble inspired part of the game or the enemies. Um, but you know, I this is just another one, just like Rodland that I'd never played before, but I, I know I'll go back to. It's a really really fun thing. It's funny. This is a game I'd heard about for years and years. And there's, a, you know, the guy I love, Shadow Monroe, he, he would rave about Quack. And it's a game I was just, at these, again, it's not the kind of game I was like, eh, you know, I just want to But I mean, I mean, there's a certain inherent playability to these games, these Tato and their, and their light games. It's just, they're fun to play, they're lighthearted, they're colorful. You know, people say stuff's colorful, and you're like, that's so so. But I mean, it's, and there must be something to it that just stimulates the brain. Yeah. It's a beautiful game, great music, and mm-hmm. we, we mentioned. And uh, uh, a lot of stuff to love. Now, it is not perfect. And, and I can tell you a few things I don't like. Um, I still do not like Up for Jump uh, and on the, this one. And it, it, it's not, it could be worse, you know? Mm-hmm. But I don't like it. Well, uh, it's funny because when you play the CD32 version, then you have the second, the second button. Well, the there. funny thing is I read that the CD32 version still has Up for Jump. And it was a problem with it. Now I can't confirm that because I haven't tried it. But I, I, I don't I, know because I, the the version you know the version that we played on here had the second button mapped to it. So well, unless that I know, was put is in, that what we were playing over there? Yeah, I, I was using up for jump every time. Well, you shouldn't have been. I didn't know there was another button. Should <laughs> So there you yeah. go. So, but up for jump is still there now. I'm assuming it's yeah. There. Now you're. I understand what the, that complaint was saying because up is still jump That's in that right. version, um, but the button also works. The second button. It would be nice if you didn't have to hit up for jump. Of course, again, that's uh, how many people are going to have the C thirty two version as well. Right. Not that Nobody. many. Nobody. So if you're if you're emulating this, that's I guess that's the one I'd go after. Uh, or you can just remap your buttons. Yeah. Which we do all the time. Uh, secondly, uh, like Boat said, it's a shame that the duck. It's funny. It's another mascot that they sort of missed the boat on because the duck could have been a real character if they yeah. wanted him to be. You know, uh, I mean, people love Bubble Bobble's characters for mm-hmm. Parasol Stars or Rodlin or, or uh, uh, any of those. Uh, this could have been another one like that. But this guy, it's funny, of all the characters in the game and all the colors of it, the duck's not great. He's not horrible. It's not as bad as, you know, some of the characters we've seen. Uh, but uh, he, Intergalactic he a- ambassador to an ant-like people. I, w- <laughs> I was thinking uh, prehistoric caveman bully. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, but, that's uh, the worst. That, that wins the prize. <laughs> yeah, that guy sucks. <laughs> um, I like the eggs. I wish there was a way to tell how many you had left. Yeah, that, uh, again, just more information on the gameplay screen. The, uh, the, the, and, or, like, if, what kind of eggs you have. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, you're basically on your own there. Uh, something this game does, and I, I'm going to complain about it because it bothers me. But it's, I guess, it's sort of not something you can play with. When you, when the round starts, you're basically standing there for a few seconds before the other guys warp in, and it's really easy just to be wandering around and get insta killed. I mean, then that's that's irritating. Another thing it does is, this game's big on raining stuff down from mm-hmm. above, and it usually it's fruit and stuff. But one thing it does is it rains these spiked balls, and if if you're having to be on the top level, you're you could easily get screwed. I mean, in just in no time, you're dead. Like, that happened to boat while you were playing, and it happened to me a lot when I was playing. Uh, those spike balls, when they come out, you're, I mean, they go through stuff, you're, you're, you're screwed. It's hard as heck not to get killed by them when they come out. Uh, so that that was uh, irksome. Um, I think they missed an opportunity in two-player to do, to do a little bit more than they did, uh, you know, but it's still, it, it's pretty good. Uh, I, I can't complain too much about it, but... Uh, um, what would you have liked to have seen in the two-player mode? 
to me, this doesn't. That's one place that, like, say, a Bubble Bob or a, or a Rodlin. To me, I don't know. It just didn't seem as for. It didn't seem like I played this by myself a lot this week. Then I played it with you, and I played it with with Luke. I like it more by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the guy that made this mentions in his in his interview that he made two kinds of levels in this, and they were action and puzzle. And action's fine, but in puzzle, if you're trying to get something done, it's real easy for your partner to screw up and and screw you. Uh, and 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 <laughs> you know, and I mean, it's not like you're doomed, but it can make it much harder uh, to, to get stuff done. I, I, you know, that, that, that I think I, it's just one of those games. I'll, now, again, I haven't played a ton of it with another person, so maybe I'd get used to it, but that was, it's different. I, it's, I absolutely did a better job when I was playing by myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's, there's that asset. But overall, this has been called like the greatest budget title ever released on the Amiga. Really? Now, of course, we don't uh, have the budget titles here, and I don't know how every game that was released on a budget, but for a budget title, this is a pretty darn good uh, little little game. I agree. And really, for any game, I mean, we've played plenty of full titles that were anywhere near this mm-hmm. good. And again, if it here's another game. I like to like Rylan. It just um, it's so pretty and and plays quite well. You know, the Amiga really had a knack for these arcade ports and arcade like ports, mm-hmm. and this is another one that just fits perfectly. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I wanted to bring up. Before some of the levels, they display a hint, and it says, Wish I brought my brawly. Yeah. Now, obviously, this is some sort of British slang, so if somebody could write in and tell us uh, what that means, I'd really appreciate it, because I want to know what a brawly is and why I need to bring it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, th- those hints were very... Mm-hmm. Like, there was one that's like fruit salad, I guess. Like, I have no idea what the heck they're talking about. a little bit cryptic. About. Yeah. Um, so, this game reviewed pretty well, as you can imagine. Um it actually got a 92% in uh, and a Gamer Gold Award by Amiga Computing Magazine. Uh, across the boards, you're getting everything. I think the lowest thing I saw was a uh, 69% from Amiga Force in 94. Uh, so pretty recent to it. And then and again, when when was this game released? 93, 93, so it's pretty close. So, okay. and, uh, but all the way up, it likes it to 92, and there was nothing, so you're talking mostly 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny that this got, I would think this were, I mean, Rodland reviewed quite well, as I recall, and uh, um, you would think this would be somewhere in the ballpark. I mean, I will say, is is this as polished as the Tato games? Probably not quite as polished. Right. But... I mean, man, it's it's pretty close. It is. Right? It's very close. Um, I, I, with the exception of what we talked about, and and that's getting you know usually we're, we'll let stuff slide pretty well. We're getting nitpicky on some of this stuff, uh, but it you know this game is is pretty solid. And again, I didn't get to play past uh, level eighteen or nineteen before I got killed. So it's uh, I would or no, I didn't get that for probably level fifteen. Uh, so I'm I, I'm anxious to kind of get better at it, mm-hmm. but as a two player game, you know, despite the fact what I said, it's still a lot of fun. Anything you can play with two players, you know, together is fun. This kind of game, and uh, I, me and my kid had a blast. That I wouldn't say we were the most proficient players, but we had a good time playing it. Um, any any parting thoughts on it, Boat? Um, no. I mean, you said really all all that all that I want to say. Um, Let's get to the eBay action. Yeah. So. This game, I looked up a couple different uh, options on this. The uh, There's a game up right now, a boxed copy of this in the UK, 52 US dollars or best offer. Um, that was it in terms of in terms of just Quack. 
I found a fellow in Spain that had sold the CD32 version of this, the Alien Breed Special Edition with Quack, and he had gotten, it was a done deal, he'd gotten paid 152 bucks US wow. for the CD. Uh, and, that, of course, that's just the CD in a jewel case. There's no mm-hmm. box. That's a lot of money for, mm-hmm. a, for a CD. Um, <clears throat> and one would wonder if the guy was paying for Alien Breed Special Edition for this. I don't know. Uh, but uh, uh, so someone wanted it bad, and, and that's all I saw, mm-hmm. and that was all the history that they had too. So that that's <laughs> that was sort of surprising yeah. to me. Yeah. Something else I wanted to mention. Speaking of money, I, uh, when I was reading this interview with the, with uh, the creator Jamie, they asked him uh, if the game had uh, performed well for him, uh, and in terms of making him some money. And this guy, it was so sad. He just, he's basically said that he took a bath, mm. you know. And he said once, uh, once that uh, he said he had nothing bad to say about Team Seventeen. They did him, they did a good job with him, and he and he was happy with him. He said, but pretty much after that, he said to produce everything himself and distribute it. And he and he's, he's been getting, he's gotten killed, and so he's still trying to, you know. I, I don't know if he's still making this stuff or not. <laughs> but get this, this is the part I wanted to get to. They asked him what his favorite version of this game was, and his he said the best version by a mile is the last PC version he did. Uh, he did a version of this like uh, in the 2000s for the PC, and as the time this interview was written, which I think it was like 2007, he had talked about, and I don't know if this ever got released because I couldn't find out, he was working on a version of Quack that came with a level editor. Mm. Now, that would be interesting. Yeah. To be able to sit down like a load runner style mm-hmm. and make up your own levels for Quack. Right. So I don't know if that ever happened. I'm looking into it and I'll report back if I find anything. I just throw it upon that right before we uh, went went to air. But it's it's a very intriguing that, that you could. I mean, and you really you could see where a level editor might be kind of fun to play with. Yeah. You know, given this type of, the way this game's set up. Oh sure. It would be pretty interesting. being able to place all the goodies and everything. It'd be really. So fun. overall, uh, I give it. I, I my personal opinion. I think it's a fun game. I think Woodhouse did a good job. This is an unusual title for Team Seventeen, I think. Mm-hmm. But the, I all think, of their titles are unusual titles. Well, for yeah, Team 17. but I think they probably saw this and were like, "We got to make we're good, this is gonna be a winner." Mm-hmm. And uh, and then um, I'm sure it sold quite well as a budget title. Yeah. And like I said, it's got a real good rep. I think on Lemon, it's got uh, a score up around eight and a half, which mm-hmm. is pretty high. But yeah, it's good so, for that site. So, great, great game. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. I was, I was pleasantly surprised. Let's check in with the chat here. Uh, as always, you can uh, watch us live on YouTube Gaming. Um, we got a couple questions. Um, let's see. Jason asks, um, philosophical question. When is an Amiga <laughs> not an Amiga anymore? Yeah, well... It's, that's a tough. What do you think? Let's hear you. Anything past three point one. You mean so you're saying strictly a new Kickstarter? And you're, and yep. Why? Because that's when Amiga is the company ceased to exist. So you're not even going. So what if I had a, a, the Vampire? Let's say stuck in there, and I had three point one in there. Well, we're good to go. Yeah. That's so you're. That's a. I mean, I, I'm not saying it's arbitrary. It's just different. That's an unusual look at it. I would say. That's a tough question. Anything that comes... I mean, like, my Amiga has more memory than your average Amiga would have shipped with or would have been available to unless you spent top dollar. Uh, so, 
you know, you could say that. I mean, even that's different than what you would have had back in the day. Then you're getting into accelerators that will speed the thing up past the 060 uh, mark. Well, you know, that's, you know, I don't know. I, I, I can't answer that. I really can't. I mean, to me, um, I mean, obviously, if you, if you gut one to put a Raspberry Pi in it, that's not an Amiga. Why not? Because you're not running with authentic Amiga hardware. Okay, so that's your question. When you're not running with, uh, that's your answer. That, but, when you're but not that running with said, the, the Vampire, it makes it, it's, that's a sticky wicket because the Vampire uses the original Amiga hardware for some things, mostly for I.O. and, 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 and you know, not even output that much. So uh, uh, I guess the better, here's my, here's my retort, does it matter? That's the, that's the real key. If an Amiga progresses past it's what it was does it matter to you right that if it does you know that's the answer if you get to the point where you're where it bothers you that you're what you're playing with has all this junk in it and it's progressed past what the amiga was you probably you probably don't want it does that make any sense i have no idea what you're talking about yeah, just, so why don't we just move go on to the next question trust um, me they'll, they'll understand <laughs> um let's see uh jason also asks um Make this one a softball, Jason. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, actually, uh, Ricky in the chat, Ricky Drescher, Drescher, um, Drescher uh, he says there's an unofficial C64 port of Quack that was released recently. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, so All that's right. interesting. We'll have to check into that. Yeah. Uh, Jason also asks, speaking of Atari, have you tried that resistor on John's video cable for the capture card? Yes. Yes, we have. And uh, unfortunately, it did not work. I'm not 100% sure that Aaron did it correctly, though. What are you saying? How do you know? I just saw that. I saw that electrical tape on there. Let me ask you, how would you have done it, Boat? I would have done it totally differently. Okay, let's hear it. Just just everything. Do you know what the the concept of what he was asking to have done? He wanted to put a he wanted to put that what was a seventy five ohm resistor I can't remember what it was yeah seventy five ohm in the in the video line that's all it was that's what I did okay if you have a, a better way to, but that is insultory <laughs> I'll remember that the next time you want something done pal I'll remember that <laughs> you know I'm just playing with you yeah, it's too late now the ship for sale all right. I'll I'll never ask you for I'll get you <laughs> another another seventy five. Actually, I am grateful because not only did you supply me with the finished cable, you also supplied me with some seventy five ohm resistors. So yeah, because I kept forgetting to bring the cable. <laughs> but um, but Jason, unfortunately, it it, it didn't work. Um, <laughs> if you have any other ideas about what might be causing that, because Aaron discovered also uh, just yesterday that his uh, XEGS, which has uh, legitimate just composite video out. Um, it also you run into the same issue where Actually, the colors I, aren't right. I have looked into this, and okay. I, I think I have an answer. Atari's Atari's video out is not standard, okay? Right. It is uh, goofy, okay? And it, it's goofy, to, and, and that's why these capture cards have trouble understanding the signal. It's mm-hmm. not a standard signal out. Now, there is an easy fix, real easy and all you have to do is basically run your run your atari through a vcr and then take the output from the vcr and run it in your capture card you're in i've already done that it doesn't work really yes they i read that as a sure fix never what how's that possible i did exactly what you just described because jason told me to try that months ago it looks exactly the same hmm 
Well, I'll look into that with my now. Life. Maybe I just have like a bad VCR. I mean, maybe if maybe because I know you've got like a super VCR. I've got several VCRs. I was um, gonna, so, I was fixing to try. It yeah, one. try it. I mean, the worst that can happen is that it doesn't work either, but it might work. And maybe uh, it just depends on your brand of VCR. But I definitely tried that, and I thought that it would work, and it didn't work. So I've also found that you, there's a uh, set of cables you can get for the Atari that will produce an S video signal. I have that also. You have the X video yes, one. It also produces the same bad. How's signal. it look? It looks exactly the same as the composite when you run it through the capture card. Hmm. All right. I've explored this avenue for many a year. I'll keep looking. But, uh, yeah, one day I hope that we can uh, we can run that thing through the capture card. Although, I didn't think it looked too bad just taping the monitor, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, for what it was, yeah. yeah. And it's, I don't know about how – when you ran yours through it, could you actually play the game? Oh sure, you, I mean, you just look jacked sh- up. Yeah, yeah, the colors are wrong. That's right, and, and, yeah. it, and it was there was lines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Um, let's see. Oh, uh, John Marshall has joined the chat. John, uh, please come on over on Saturday. Um, anytime from ten to ten, we'll be here um, for uh, Amigathon twenty seventeen. You're most welcome. Um, and uh, Ricky says his last name is De Rocher. De Rocher. So there we go. Uh, and uh, Jason appreciated your answer about what makes an Amiga an Amiga. So he understood what you're talking Thank about. Thank you. Um, Ricky says that uh, a brawly is informal British name for an umbrella. Ah, uh, you were right. That. You were right. That's going to be our show title. Oh, be I sure didn't know you bring that. your brawly. I had no idea. Um, I guess that's it. I want to thank uh, BMACRI. For joining us in the chat, as well as Ricky and Jason and John. Yeah, thanks for staying up Henrik, late or super duper late. Yeah, Henrik, you're if you're still awake, I know it's five o'clock in the morning where you are. Um, so thank you all for joining us. As always, uh, you can join us live on YouTube Gaming. Um, and next week, we are not going to have a normal show, but we will be posting uh, the Amigathon 2017 archive uh, next week. It'll take me probably a whole day just to chop it up into bits. And put it up onto YouTube. You but, like a highlight reel type of a thing? Yeah. Very yeah. good. And so uh, please make sure and uh, join us on Saturday if you can. We'd love to have you. Um, donate if you can. Uh, and uh, that's it for this week, Aaron. Yeah, we we hope to see everybody uh, on the Amigathon. You know what we should do is uh, we should auction off our next game since we don't have one one ounce. Yeah, we can do that there on the Megathon. That's a there great idea. Don't go. forget about that. I I'll can't, forget are you, you kidding? You're asking me not to forget? I uh, couldn't find my way over here. All right. Well, we'll need somebody somebody out there that's listening to remind us to do that during the Megathon because awesome. that's an awesome idea. Um, what's the other thing we're going to say? Uh, time to read the Patreon. All right. Let's read them. So I'd like to thank all of the lovely Patreon supporters that helped make this show possible, including... Ian Griffiths, Duncan Styles, THT, Anthony Jarvis, Dream Ketcha, Adam Brattersby, John Marshall, Darren Coles, Neil Mansell, Brutal Barracuda, Alan Kebab, David McCrandles, Gary Hucker, Will Williams, Ravi Abbott, Kim Tommy Humberstad, Josh Nan, Jason Warns, Larrick. Well, I tried to say Lane and Eric Nelson at the same time. Larrick. You made a new Patreon. Graham Vebke, Paul Harrington, Rob O'Hara, Laurent Giroux, Jonas Rulo, Kilbjorn Barman, Tapes from the Crypt, Adam Bradley, Chris Folds, Daniel Bingston, O'Brien's Retro Vintage, Chad Halstead, and Brent Dowdy. Thank you so much. I should also mention that Adam was uh, giving me some t- scoops and tips on the Google Plus. 
We're at 190 on Google+. Plus. By the way, we're inching ever so close to the magical 200 mark. That's amazing. We just passed 500 YouTube subscribers, too. Hey, not bad. 490 of which are guaranteed not to be bots. <laughs> really? That's a, that's a pretty strong guarantee, Boat, I'd say. Maybe it's, the, maybe it's the inverse. Maybe I got that wrong. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. Until then, adios. adios.